everyone, and welcome to episode 147 of Connectivity. I am Scott Thompson. Uh, today we have two segments for you. Kicking the show off, myself and Zach sit down to talk about our favorite boss and battle themes from video games. And after that, Zach joins Neil to talk about the game of the week for this episode, which is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I am Scott Thompson. Today, I am with Zach Miller. <laughs> this segment of Connectivity is all about our favorite boss slash uh, battle themes. So, I've been away from the podcast for a couple weeks now. I just had uh, a baby boy. Uh, my wife gave birth last week. So, um, during kind of my off time, I was listening to other podcasts and just kind of thinking about game music that I like. And I thought, you know, we haven't really done, and I, I know that, um, you know, with like radio trivia and stuff, we don't really do too much with uh, music specifically because we don't want to step on any toes. But I thought, you know, it'd be cool to kind of do a segment where we talk about what makes a good uh, boss or battle theme and uh, just share some of our favorites here and let people hear them. And yeah, I mean, I, I think those are some of the more exciting moments in games. And when you get a song that really captures that, um, it makes the, the battle or the final level or, or whatever else uh, that much more memorable. Um, so we've each picked two uh, boss or battle themes that we that we love. Um, we'll play them here on the podcast, and we'll talk about just kind of what makes them uh, what makes them so great and what makes us enjoy them so much. Um, so to get the ball rolling, I, I'll go ahead and start. Um, and when I was thinking of this topic, um, I kind of divide, divided or uh, devised, I guess, two like two different types of, of battle themes or, or last boss themes. And I think there's the themes that are really uh, like overbearing and imposing, and they make the boss seem like a badass and just seem like I don't know, like like it's going to be this epic big confrontation that you might not be able to overcome. Um, and so my first choice, uh, which I think kind of reflects that, is from Earthbound, uh, and it's near the very end of the game, and it's Pokey uh, means business, or possibly Porky means business, if you want to go by the, the <laughs> actual Japanese translation. I don't know why they changed it to Pokey. It seems weird. Um, but, yeah, so this, I really enjoy this song because, A, it's, like, super, uh, like, metal-inspired, which I think is great, and, B, it starts off, like, super 8-bit and kind of simple, yeah. and then halfway through or fourth of the way through or whatever, um, just all of a sudden, like, kicks in, yeah, and, like, it, it's just, like, super metal, and then kind of has this, like, little breakdown where it gets kind of weird and trippy, which, I mean, just fits Earthbound to a T anyway with the music in general. Um, but what I really, I think, really enjoy about this is the rest of the game, the music is very, uh, you know, electronic and just kind of weird and ambient, and um, this is the first, like, song where it's really, like, to me, establishing like a serious kind of uh, kind of mood, so I just really enjoy it. Um, did you guys get a chance to listen to it? I mean, had had have you guys played Earthbound? Had you heard the song before? Yeah, I really I really like when the kind of electric guitar analog drops in this track. Yeah. It it actually reminds me for some reason of the the Bowser battle in Super Mario World. Like it has a similar kind of oh yeah uh, uh, instrument to it, and uh, yeah, I really I kinda like for, that. I, I forget about that boss battle music. Yeah, the the yeah, it's like surprisingly hardcore in a Mario. Yeah, game. it is. <laughs> uh, but that's what it reminded me of. But yeah, it's it's a good track, and uh, and you're right about Earthbound. Like I haven't gotten very far in it because I fucking hate that game. But um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, the whole thing's very whimsical and lighthearted, and even the. Even the bosses you fight early on, which is all I've gotten to, they're very whimsical and, and lighthearted. And, and then, you know, this this music kind of like, it's going down now. Yeah, shit's getting serious. Yeah, exactly. Um, Alright, well, yeah, real quick then, let's listen to um, Pokey Means Business from Earthbound. Thank you. 
Okay, so there you go. Um, so for my second choice, I picked a song that I think kind of falls into the second category of, of boss or uh, battle themes, at least in my mind. And that's the kind of song where it starts off similar to uh, to the first category, where it's kind of imposing and it uh, sets up the idea that, you know, this is going to be something difficult. The boss maybe has the upper hand or the enemy, uh, something like that. But then I feel like within the refrain or the chorus, you hit a point where the music kind of turns, and all of a sudden I think you feel empowered, um, and the music kind of picks up, and you're not feeling so much, like, overwhelmed. Uh, yeah, you're, you're feeling empowered, and you feel like, uh, you know, this is something you can actually overcome. Uh, so for my second song, I picked uh, from Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, You Will Know Our Names. Really good track. Yeah, right? It's awesome. And this isn't even... Um, I think this is technically like a mini boss track, so you don't hear this all the time, but when you do come up against like a somewhat tougher enemy that you'll hear this song. Um, and yeah, I really enjoy it, and I think it, it captures that, where at first it, it starts off uh, sort of overbearing, and um, you know, as it goes along after about a minute or so and you hit the, the main chorus, I think it really picks up and kind of comes alive. And I, it just, to me, elicits this mood of like, okay, like, I can do this. Like, I feel like the badass now. I feel like I'm in control. Um, and I really enjoy that. In my mind, I kind of um, think of it similar to the Wily stage music from like Mega Man Two. Yeah. But that that's another track to me where it starts off and thing and it, it it I don't know like just the melody of it and stuff. It it just establishes that this is going to be something harder. This is something different. But then as the track goes along, it, it hits this chorus where you're like, okay, like no, like I I can do this. Like I yeah, I am in control. Yeah. I got that's, this. That's my favorite Mega Man track of all time. Oh, for sure. Easy. Yeah. Easy. I almost <laughs> put it in here, but I didn't want to do, yeah, two tracks to me that were kind of uh, similar in that way. So, um, okay. So, so, yeah, right? It's so good. If we if we do another one of these, we'll just do epic music. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, so, all right. Well, here you go. Uh, this is You Will Know Our Names from Xenoblade Chronicles.
Okay, there you go. Yeah, I could, I could, like, just listen to that song forever. Um, I feel like I'm really there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Zach, why don't you introduce your uh, your two songs? Okay, so my first song is a as a boss. Uh, when when you sent the email, I took this to mean a boss fight and battle music. When I heard battle music, I thought, oh, like an RPG. Okay. So my first thing is boss music, and my absolute favorite boss music of all time is the King K. Rule Gangplank Galleon uh, music from the original Donkey Kong Country, and here's why. It starts out so kind of just like uh, 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 Earthbound. It starts out very whimsical, and and there's a, a quick tempo to it, and the fight itself is very easy. And the music will actually loop on that uh tempo until you think you beat k rule and then some fake he'll fall over and some fake credits will come up and then the music like kicks into a much more serious uh kind of more metal uh uh inflection and it's a whole different uh tune all of a sudden and it's Mm -hmm. so cool it's like it is your your palms immediately start to sweat (laughs) when you're like 15 so, yeah, I, I love that theme. Yeah, I know. This one's for sure a classic. I even actually considered this one. I almost I almost went with this one myself. Nice. Um, and I agree. Like, the beginning, it is, it, it's, and I, I like that it reflects kind of the setting. I mean, the final fight takes place on a pirate ship. Right. And I think the beginning is this kind of, like, jaunty, like, sea-inspired uh, song. And you're right. It's so lighthearted, and you feel like, okay, like, I got this. And then, right, when you get to the second fight, or second part of the fight, it gets so serious, but I like that it still comes back to kind of that refrain, and, and it it still echoes the uh, the overall like melody from the uh, from the first part. It does, uh, yeah. Throughout, even as it like speeds up and like almost turns into like speed metal at some points with the, <laughs> with the beat behind it, but it's yeah. still like it's still oh, it's just so awesome. That is yeah. a really good one. Um, so yeah, well here let, let's play it. So here here we go. <laughs> Uh, and so, Zach, then your uh, your second choice. Uh, so my battle music is from Dragon Quest Nine on the DS. Um, a lot of a lot of battle music in RPGs. I tend to either turn the volume down or all the way off after a while. Like, okay, I've heard this already. Good lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this music, it's always just so energetic, 
it's like an inspiring piece of music to, to go in there and fight these monsters. And it's, uh, and it, it changes up so often. There's like three or four complete change-ups uh, in the music that I, I love. It keeps kind of means it doesn't get old. It doesn't loop right. uh, very often. So I really just love it. And that's a great game. Yeah, I can't. I feel like I played nine. What were the other Dragon Quest DS games? Nine was the only one on on DS. Okay, so I must have played. Yeah, so I definitely played nine because I know I played one of them, and, and uh, I don't know if I ever beat it, but I remember playing uh, one you, of them on DS. All the characters long, are so. customizable, which is give it or you kind of like it or don't. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, I agree. I, I enjoy this, and like you said, I love that it doesn't uh, loop. You know that it, it is kind of dynamic and, and uh, changes along the way. And I think it does a good job of, uh, I don't know, you know, it, it's, I think it still kind of empowers the player a, a little bit, but I think it does carry a lot of, um, Wait. I don't know, it has, yeah, and it almost has like an ominous kind of feeling to it. Yeah. I enjoy it. Like, the whole soundtrack from Dragon Quest Nine is phenomenal, but this this really always stand, stood out to me. All right, well, let's go ahead and take a listen then to the battle theme from Dragon Quest Nine. Bam. Uh, there you go. I, you know, I don't know if we'll play it. I, I guess we can. We have time. Zach, did you want to throw in your your honorable mention? Oh, real yeah, quick? My, my honorable mention is it's just because I'm so emotionally invested in the game. I love the battle music in Super Mario RPG. It's uh, it's so upbeat and and there's a lot of nostalgia for that game. And I probably play it probably once a year. Yeah, I, you know, what I do kind of like about it, and I feel like it wouldn't necessarily be the case now, but I like that they went ahead and as much as they could try to do something sort of original. Like this battle theme doesn't yeah. have doesn't like carry like any uh like hangovers or leftovers from like the normal Mario soundtrack, right? Like it yeah. seems like it would have been so easy to incorporate like, you know, the one one theme to it or um yeah, you know, any of the the castle themes, anything like that. And I know they do kind of use those later, but where appropriate, right? Like yeah. you expect to hear the castle theme when you're in an actual castle in Mario RPG, but I, I like that they did do something uh some you know, original here. Yeah. It's not, like, derivative or, like, forcefully uh, channeling Super Mario, and I like that. Yeah, in fact, I think the only direct uh, updates to classic Mario themes are, like, in the very beginning of the game, when he's in the castle trying to rescue Toadstool, and then when he fights Bowser, it's the music from 
Super Mario Three. Yeah. Uh, but and and you're right, they do throw in some melodies here and there, but for the most part, it is all original music, and that I, I never thought about that before, but it is really nice. Yeah, like they could have easily just like taken the easy way out and just sort of remixed classic Mario music, or just like I don't know. I mean, it's different. It was different back then. Like now, it would be seems so easy to kind of. Yeah, just include that classic Mario music to like kind of trigger the nostalgia in you and just yeah. be like, look, huh? Look, we're we're referencing Mario. You love <laughs> that. And I guess that really wasn't a thing at the time because I mean, 2D Mario games were still coming out. <laughs> you yeah. know, just within a few years of Mario RPG, but still, I, I do like that they did uh, something original. All right, well then, yeah, just for the fun of it, let's listen to then the uh, the battle theme from Super Mario RPG. <laughs> there we go so those are our choices for our favorite boss slash battle themes um be sure to comment and send us emails uh with your favorite themes maybe we'll uh maybe we'll revisit this topic and include some some music from uh from listeners that would be pretty cool i think yeah. so yeah send links and uh youtube links to your favorite clips and maybe we'll do that and uh if you enjoyed this segment where we talked a lot about game music uh let me know and maybe we'll do some more of it in the future yeah and we will talk to everyone later Bye. If you like to gamble, I'll tell you how you land. You win some, lose some, it's all the same to me. The pleasure is to blame, it makes no difference what you say. And welcome to a segment here on Connectivity. I'm Neil Ronahan, and with me is Zach Miller. Yeah. And we're going to talk about uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 for the Nintendo GameCube. Although, actually, right before recording, I was looking at videos of uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 on Nintendo 64. Oh, really? Which is a game that exists. Uh, came out, I think it was, I don't know if it was the last N64 game, but it was like one of the last N64 games. Um, and I almost put a bid on eBay to, to get that copy because right. I want to see how, how poorly it runs. Oh, jeez. Because I can't, Im- I mean, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 wasn't really that great on N64. I can't imagine what the third one downported from a GameCube slash Xbox slash PS2 version is. Yeah, I kind of want to watch that now. Yeah. It, it, it looks rough. <laughs> but, uh... So, we're going to talk about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 in a little bit, but first we're going to go over our contest from last week, uh, which the request was uh, send in uh, what would be an unlockable character in a brand new Tony Hawk game today. Uh, we had a bunch of entries, uh, thanks for everyone who sent in, but we're on a little bit of a time crunch here, so we're only going to be reading a select few. But uh, we did the old, good old random number generator and found our winner for the copy of Siesta Fiesta, that's uh, Mr. Salatia. Um, you should be getting an email uh, with a code soon. It's earlier in the day for me than it was last week, so that means I probably won't just go to sleep. I'll actually send out the code <laughs> right after we stop recording. Um, 
that for for anyone who doesn't know, which I guess no one would know. Uh, our winner last week had to email me in the middle of the week, being like, "Hey, I won." Did I miss an email? I'm like, nope, I just forgot. <laughs> uh, so if you do win and you email me, then then I'll remind me if you don't get a code. And if you do that and you didn't win, then you're a dick. You're, <laughs> you are banned. No more contests uh, for you. Yeah, no more contests. We'll read your entries, but but yeah. So uh, let's go through the selected the selected entries that we got, and I'll start off with the first one from Pandaradox. Little does Tony Hawk know that when the sun sets. Portals to new worlds open upon the skate park. From the shadows, noises can be heard of skateboards traversing the rails and echoing off the walls. If you're lucky, you can hear a mischievous giggle of the Princess of Twilight. Midna! Wielding a third mystical hand, players can skate the parks in new ways. Midna can chain together tricks with her special ability, Portal Jump. By performing the jump once, Midna creates a portal anchor. Perform it again, and she'll jump through the portal to the last place you perform the portal jump. Of course, human Minda is also available. Does she have a portal ability? I don't even remember. I don't either. Twilight Princess is kind of that, that Zelda game that I block memory out of. Despite yeah. the fact that the dungeons in that game are fantastic. I just, I mean, I keep on telling myself that I need to go back to Twilight Princess and, and just grit through those first couple hours. Yeah. I think I might have a save file in, like, the Fire Temple or something. I should just pick that back up. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I'd play as Midna on, I would on, too. on a skateboard. I'd, can, instead of Hyrule Warriors, I wish we got, like, I don't know, Princess Zelda's Pro Skater. <laughs> I'd play that. <laughs> like, like, if we think about, like, you know, Zelda games, the Zelda universe mashing up with a, di- with a different franchise, like, can it just be extreme sports? Mess with I would the like, people at Kickstarter. I would like to village. see, I would like to see Ganondorf on a surfboard. Yes. <laughs> I would, I would like to see Girahim. Uh, on a snowboard, going down a mountain <laughs> with his tongue out. Like, that'd be pretty sweet. Oh man, I would, I would really play that game a lot. I would too. Uh, so the next one, you got this one? Uh, yeah, that's Terrence. Uh, Terrence says, uh, Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. Just because Excellent. I think it would be funny to see him start out as baby Groot, only grow in size after every successful combo. As he originally starts off in a pot with no feet, I'm not sure how he would push the board. But that's not my problem to figure out. <laughs> I like. I kind of like that idea of a character who like grows as the level goes on. Yeah. The more you play as him, the bigger he gets it's, until like he's on the skateboard and it just breaks in half. As his combo grows, I like that. <laughs> All right. So Kerbal says my Tony Hawk secret unlockable character set would be Parappa the Rapper. I mean, wrong platform, but well, I guess I guess uh, I guess Parappa would have been on PlayStation. Uh, you would have to perform a sequence of four moves in the proper sequence, corresponding to kick, punch, chop, block, and they would ha- have to appear in the same sequence they do in the song. Then there would be a lone onion at the end of a long, complicated grind that you'd have to knock off in order to unlock it. That's basically the game. Like, yeah, it is. I get that it's not necessarily that Tony Hawk is a rhythm game, but how you're like, oh, you need to press these buttons in a sequence. Like, that is what Tony Hawk is. Yeah. It's not like to the beat of music, but like you need to be able to like, all right, I gotta, I gotta do a flip trick into this grind and then flip off of that and do a grab and land here, then revert and manual and, <laughs> and all that jazz. Like that's, that's what you do in the game. It is. Yeah. So the next one. Uh, Steven says, if there were a Tony Hawk game coming to Wii U, I think the obvious choice for an unlockable character would be Link on the Spinner from Twilight Princess. This would be perfect for Zelda's Pro Skater. It would. He could skate like any other character, plus ride those rails from the game up walls. That would be so awesome. Yeah, God. All right. I know that Vicarious Visions is working on Skylanders now. They have a little bit of a history with, with working. I mean, they're Activision-owned company, but they did stuff like that. The DLC on Guitar Hero. The, yep. the crazy shit on Guitar Hero on DS. Um I think that Nintendo, Activision, and Vicarious Visions need to get into a room and start working on Zelda Pro Skater. <laughs> Hash this Man, out. This has to happen. Uh, Olin Eddy says, My unlockable would be Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles. I'm not sure what a special move would look like, but it'd be called the Cowabunga, and it would somehow involve pizza. I'm surprised this hasn't happened already. Yeah, I, I am too. All right, so... Although maybe, I don't think... maybe not Michelangelo from the movie, because he looks like a hideous demon turtle. Yeah, that'd be, be kind of terrifying. So I don't think we're going to be doing a full-on bonus segment for the Turtles movie, because mm. after hearing all the words on it, I ain't going to fucking see it. Um, 
But I guess let's take this time. Zach, yeah. how did you feel about the new TMNT movie? Fucking awful. Well, like, like, why? Like, what was so terrible about it? It, it, uh, um, hmm. It shit on every legacy story, uh, aspect of, of the whole franchise. Uh, for example, just as an example, uh, Shredder's just some dude in a suit. But he says, he says, tonight I dine on turtle soup, right? Yeah, he does say that. Yeah, that's like kind of, I don't know, I don't know if I love that or I want him to shut the fuck up. But it's not Oroko Saki, it's just some dude. It could be anybody. But it's not, uh, it's not, um, Eric Sachs though, right? It is not Eric Sachs, no. He's just like, he just, they put this random dude, they put a random dude in a suit and they're just like, go. Yeah, and in fact, he doesn't even have a name. People, people call him Shredder. Weird. Alright, so moving on. Yeah. Uh, you got the next one. Yeah. And there's no Hamato Yoshi either. Splinter's just a rat. Yeah. I, I mean, at least from, from my limited knowledge of the turtle stuff, like, I mean, there are definitely different takes on that where sometimes he's just a rat, sometimes he is Hamato Yoshi. I know that in the, the, the other live action movie, wasn't it that, like, he it was, was Hamato Yoshi's pet. pet rat who learned yeah. ninja from being a ninja yep. from, yeah. <laughs> I, I have that now playing in my head. I think what I, what I might do, um, I've already talked to my brother about this with his child. Yeah. Is that if she's ever like, I want to see the new Turtles movie, then, uh, I, I told him that he should just sit down with her and put on the one from like 1989. Yes. And, or you know, the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the Turtles. Yeah. Like, but, but that's not the one I see on TV. It, no, this is the Turtles. <laughs> this is better. All right. So you uh, got the next one. This is Chris. I like, I like Chris's idea. The coolest unlockable character for a Tony Hawk game would be Marty McFly. Instead of skateboard, he would ride, of course, ride his famous pink hoverboard as seen in Back to the Future 2. <laughs> his special move would be 88 miles an hour, a manual that, when ridden long enough, leaves a trail of fire, akin to the DeLorean leaves, when making a jump through time. See, I like this. I, I like yeah. Marty. See, that, 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 is, that is creative and clever, Chris. Yeah. Wait a me. All right, in the last one, Jacob says, as part of a Wii U exclusive, Reggie fees me himself would be a secret character. His special move would be, my body is ready, in which he grinds on a rail until a meter fills up. When the meter fills up, Reggie yells, I'm going to kick your ass, and then transforms into Reggie fees a mech. He would then gain abilities like super jump, perfect rail, manual balance, and instead of hitting people with your skateboard like in previous games, he would fire lasers out of his eyes. I think he should turn into a purple Pikmin. <laughs> but I, like, I mean, he does, I, I he like, does feel like one he does. quite often. I like this idea a lot. Yeah. Just having Reggie in a game. Alright, so now we get to the point where we're going to talk about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 for the Nintendo GameCube. Um, it came out, it was a launch game, I'm pretty sure. I, I know I got it right when I got my GameCube. In yeah, it Christmas sounds right, because I, the year I got it, came it pretty out. quick. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 came out in November 2001. It's uh, developed by, oh shit, I should have looked this up. It's never soft. Yeah, yeah, it's developed by Neversoft, but I think the GameCube version might have been ported by Vicarious. Um, okay. No, 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 Neversoft. The Game Boy Advance version. There you yeah, go. That's Which is good. really good. Yeah, uh, the Game Boy Advance versions are pretty sweet, but we are going to focus on the Neversoft-developed uh, GameCube version, which, to me, this is, and even after playing through it in its entirety, this is my favorite Tony Hawk game, and probably one of my favorite GameCube games. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I just think, I think there's a lot that's in the Tony Hawk series that has colored how I feel about and digest games to this very day. The one thing that I noticed is that, um, this still had the, the two minute run idea. They kind of got away from that where it was more like, uh, open world stuff in the later games. But Even it used four, to be I think you... they ditched it in four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Tony Hawk 3, you have a two minute run where you start in this level, you'll start from the same spot every time. And then, you know, you do tricks, you try to get high scores, you try to uh, complete different goals, like there'll be, like, hidden objects to find, there will be different stuff, like, you know, one of them's, like, you know, grind the pumpkins that are littered throughout, or, <laughs> right. like, you know, uh, what is it, kickflip TC's rail, or whatever. Right. Like, all that, all that jazz. Um, and it's just a lot of how, it makes me think of stuff like Bitchup Runner and Super Meat Boy, and how you have these levels that you're going through... And when you fuck up, there's not really a lot of downtime. True. Like, I was kind of impressed that even for an early GameCube game, 
when you're playing that, if you want to retry, it's like start uh, start analog stick down, hit retry. You're you're starting the run over. Yeah. And it's that kind of quickness that I I mean I think the the slowness of that ability to retry in some games kind of kills it. Like uh, one thousand and one spikes, for example. Uh, when you die in that, there's like a whole like little song flourish that has to play, and then you start over. And I think that kind of kills a lot of my Momentum. willingness to go back because I'm getting into it, and then it's like stop, let me do my thing, then you can go back into it. Whereas Tony Hawk, like I was playing it where I'd be trying to get specific goals, and I'd fuck up or like you know mess up like a trying to get a high score, and I just go like, oh, okay restart, and there's no downtime. Yeah, it's true. Doesn't load or anything. Yeah, and that's a lot of what I like. I mean, Bishop Runner and Bishop Runner 2 are two of my favorite games of recent memory, and I feel like there's there's something to be said about, you know, there, there being similarities and how those games are structured to yeah. an extent. Yeah, it's uh, it, I, I found it really, I found a lot of the game to be muscle memory, because back when I had it uh, in college, I mean, I, you know, got through that whole game with every character. Yeah, and uh, yeah, even I, the I, unlockable characters, and uh, now it's it's <laughs> going back to it. Like it, the controls take some getting used to, uh, but man, oh man, I like I know where every goal is. I know where to how to get yeah, everything. It's, it's here. real funny. I had I had a couple where I'd, I'd be scratching my head a little bit, and then just be like, oh, okay, yeah, there it is. Yeah. So I'd like remember, like I have to do something on top of that house in suburbia. Right. I forget exactly what it is, but I'll I'll be there soon enough. Yeah, and and almost every level has. Uh, uh, well, not every level. Maybe half the levels have have something that changes the level. Yeah, uh, fairly significantly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, or or a hidden area. Yeah, like, or a um, hidden area. I mean, yeah. going back to something like Suburbia, for example, like they had this whole weird thing where <laughs> you need to find an axe and give it to a creepy old man who <laughs> then like chops down the door to this haunted house, and now now you have a new area that you can go and uh, do a bunch of do a bunch of tricks in. Right. And they do have that kind of a lot of that like evolution of stages, um, and I just man like I can't get enough of that game. It just it, it captures that high score feel because you're like, well, you know what, I could have done more with that combo. Yeah, and and the goals are awesome as well. Yeah, and they're really uh, and they're really uh, simple. I mean, there there's nothing yeah. that's really complicated. It's not do a super long combo chain. It's you know cannonball over this jump. Yep. And and you can and you can probably I mean I probably did this back in the day, you could uh do every goal in one run. Yeah, that's what I used to I would try to do as many as I could in one run. Yeah. I think probably in some of them it might be a little tough because you kinda need to you can't focus on doing tricks as much when you're sure. trying to get specific goals, but I guess if you're if you're that damn good enough. Yeah. Or if you like uh really lean on special tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the soundtrack is really good. Yeah. Uh, what, what band? I know they have, a. They got Gorillaz in Bops there. on it. They got, uh, Zebrahead, which right. is a band that I used, I, I liked at the time of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. And then they lost one of their lead singers and then started, like, playing in Japan. And they had a song on a Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> game. Um. <laughs> Uh, that, that was, that's that's what I like to call the downfall of a band that I enjoyed. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the soundtrack to that game is really aces. You you got AFI, CKY, uh, Guttermouth, House <laughs> of Pain, Motorhead, the Ramones, Red Hot Chili Peppers, older Red Hot Chili Peppers too. Yeah, older Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, Red Man, Exhibit, just a, just a wide variety. And and I mean, it really is. That's kind of par for the course with with all of the Tony Hawk series. Is that True. just got more and more variety in its in its music throughout the entire series. I mean, some of the soundtracks on the later games, like American Wasteland has a ridiculously big soundtrack, and I think they even got to a point where you could like basically like change stations, like a Grand Theft Auto game where you could have like, oh here's here's oh. the rap channel and here's the rock channel and stuff like that. That's cool. I like I like in this game, it's probably in the other games, but if there's a song that you don't like you can just turn it off you can turn it off yes did you turn off any songs i i didn't because back, i remember back in the day i remember turning off some songs yeah. uh uh i can't remember which ones now but but now now i don't really mind i like i like the mix yeah uh, 
but back in the day, I think I was a little less uh, tolerant of, I don't know, punk music. Yep. But yeah, it's really good. It looks a little rough. The game looks yeah. Looks I mean, pretty it, is rough a, now. it is a it is a 2001 GameCube port. True. Like, I mean, we can talk about how Rogue Leader looks amazing. Well, that was a game specifically designed to take advantage <laughs> of the GameCube. Yeah. As Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 is a port from another system. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, I still think I think it runs fine, and I think that's the important thing is that it might look a little janky. Um. But it like there's I don't really remember much slowdown, if any. No, there's no slowdown, nothing that but really there's hurts some, it. some weird environmental, like, you'll get, yeah. you'll get clipped and stuck on yep. geometry and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could play this game for days. Oh, yeah. But I think, is, is there anything else we, we have to say on Tony Hawk other than I wish to God the series would come back and actually not suck? Yeah. Um, I would like to say that, uh, it's really good. If, if you haven't played Tony Hawk 3, you really should, even if you have to track down a, a copy. Yeah. Um, not not hard I, to find. I, there were yeah. three copies. It's, it's, it's pretty hard to find the N64 version, as I learned from looking on eBay. Oh baby, today. I I would like to play that. Um, yeah, I'm very very curious. But if uh if you have an Xbox 360 or PS3 and you really like the Tony Hawk games, um, and Tony Hawk 3 in particular, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD came out for uh I guess it was 2012. Um, and that actually had Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 DLC. It added mm. a couple levels. I know the airport was there. Uh, I think there were two or three in total. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that some of the mechanics in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD, like, they didn't totally nail it. Like, there's some weird stuff. Like, there's, instead of your, your character getting up when they bail, it, like, resets them. Yeah, and it does. It was really disorienting, and I didn't like that. And I think there's other parts of it that, like, they don't fully recreate the experience that well. Um but if you want some new Tony Hawk, it's it's pretty solid for that reason. I had a lot of fun with it. I didn't play much of the DLC though, just because I played the crap out of it when it first came out. I remember My brother is also a big it. fan of the Tony Hawk series, so when that game came out, well, before it came out, when I heard that review codes were going out, I pulled out a lot of favors to get a code for Tony Hawk's Pro <laughs> Skater HD, and then uh, then had my brother over and we played it like pretty much all uh, all night over the course of a weekend. Um, it was wonderful. Speaking of multiplayer, this game has good multiplayer. Has good yeah. two-player mode. Horse. Yeah. Yeah. And this game also, I'm sad to say, inspired me to when I was in college, go out and buy a skateboard and <laughs> s- skate around in the UAA parking dorms parking lot uh, and be sad. It's okay. I I used to skateboard too, but I was like 13, so I, it's a I little could, more excusable. I could never ollie. I I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah, I, I well, I was more into uh, I was more into inline skating. Like, oh that yeah, my, that was I, my I jam had, when I was like ten. Yeah, I had I had some rollerblades. But I guess while we're on the subject of like GameCube extreme sports games, uh, I I will defend <laughs> aggressive inline. Um, which never was, played it. It's a it's an acclaimed published game. I think it's uh developed by Z Axis, who I think later got bought by Activision after Acclaim died. And then, like, oh. worked on Tony Hawk games or something. Huh. Um, but, uh, it's, I mean, it is, it is a Tony Hawk ripoff through and through, but, you know, inline skates instead of skateboarding. But it, it was really fun, and I remember it having a lot of inventive levels. Huh. Um, and I think that was probably one of the better ripoffs of, of the series. I also, uh, because I saw it for, like, $2, I bought BMX Triple X a couple oh, months God. ago. Um, I haven't played it yet, but I might because I can't find my copy of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 or Tony Hawk's Underground, and I think I sold them when I was in college because I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, I remember 4 being actually really good, but it had a lot of uh, weird things like uh, obstacle courses in a uh, shopping cart. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the Alcatraz some, level. Some weird jackass stuff, yeah. They, they, well, I, I do love um, looking at the character models in this game. Like, everyone, I mean, they, they look dated, but, like, Bam, Bam Margera has, like, this fucking terrible, terrifying douchebag grin. <laughs> um, it's kind of horrendous. Because, yeah. like, everyone else is just kind of, like, you know, plain-faced 2001 character models, and then Bam Margera just looks like a demon. Yeah. Um, which I guess maybe he is. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. I don't keep up on these I don't know. But if I, if I had to rank my favorite Tony Hawk games, uh, I think three is still at the top. I think Tony Hawk's Underground is my number two, and then four would be number three. I never played the Underground games. 
Um, Underground 1, I never, I didn't like much of Underground 2. That, that has like this dumb story where it's like, hey man, there's Team Tony Hawk and Team Bam Margera and like, we're gonna fuck shit up worldwide. And like, not that the stories in Tony Hawk games are important, but like when that's your driving force going through the game, and they try to make it more story heavy, uh, where like you'd create a skater. And I thought Tony Hawk Underground did a very good job of that. Because you'd be creating a skater and it started off where you're just like in your hometown and you've got like a friend of yours that like you're both kind of going up with and he turns evil. And then like, cause he like, he sells out, but like you're doing it for love of the game and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like Tony Hawk's sponsoring you or something. I don't know. Um, it's not like, it's not Shakespeare or anything, but at least like, <laughs> that, that, that plot, that story arc was a lot better than just like, I don't know, man, we're gonna, we're gonna go Russia and mess it up. Jackass, CKY, bleh. <laughs> um, which I, I, well, I guess if Tony Hawk Underground came out when I was like 13, I probably, or Tony Hawk's Underground 2 came out when I was like 13, I probably would have been way more into it. Because when I was 13, oh man, CKY and Jackass were amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. If you have any, uh, questions or comments about the Tony Hawk series, feel free to write in. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Uh, no. Really good. Okay. I'm gonna keep yeah. playing. No, it. yeah, I, I think this game is amazing and fantastic. And if you've never played a Tony Hawk game, and what you heard us talking about sound seemed whatever appealing, I'd track down a copy of one of these games on any platform. Uh, I mean, I'd like let you know where where my preferences lie. But like that 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 mechanic and the idea of the Tony Hawk games, I think, is still really sound. And it is one of those things that it's a bummer that that series died the way it did. Well, it's it's because extreme sports went through the same bubble that yeah. music games did. Yep. Um, but next week for game of the week, uh, we're gonna be this concept is gonna be taken over a little bit uh, by by Danny Bivens and Johnny Metz. Right. Uh, although Zach and I, I think, will also still be appearing. Uh, Maybe they're gonna be talking about Metroid Zero Mission, which yeah. uh, which Danny played for the first time on I think his uh, his Wii U in Japan. So oh, that explains you can, it. Okay. You can hear all about Metroid Zero Mission, which is, I would assume, in sometime in the next two years, coming to Wii U Virtual Console <laughs> in North America. We would hope. Um, it is a very, very good game. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk more about that next week. And we'll have some more stuff coming up ahead. Uh, we've got ideas. And if I don't know if we're necessarily taking requests, but feel free to bug me on Twitter if there's, like, some some game from the past couple of years that you're like, Hey, everyone missed it. Y'all should check it out. It's really cool. Um, let us know. I'm Maybe. on Twitter at Enron 10. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Z Miller 1902. And, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. All right, now I'll do it for episode 147 of Connectivity. As always, you can send your listener mail to connectivity at nintendoreport.com. Uh, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes if you haven't done that yet. And uh, be sure to follow all of us on Twitter. Go to nintendoreport.com and look for the Twitter sidebar on the right-hand side of the page, and you'll find all of our usernames there. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.